World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Uh, get a 6, 10 or 12 pack of greeting cards. You know that panicky moment when you've got the present and you don't want to spend 11 bucks on some high concept card. Well, this is the answer for you. Um, use the offer code World Cup and get super simple cards. No trees are cut down to make the cards. All recycled material printing uses only vegetable oil-based inks, so they're totally compostable. Find a link in the show notes or go to supersimplecards.com to get 10% off your order when you use the code World Cup. Ask the information people and they said they can do whatever they like. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't your captain speaking. G'day everyone, welcome to the World Cup Road Trip. Francis Leach and Tony Wilson on the road in Russia in 2018. In a moment we meet the great George Negus who's on the road with us. Also, Tony hits the Metro and we strike the very first order of the Socceroos to the bravest family you will ever meet. Tony, you never know who you run into when you're at the World Cup, but I thought I might run into this bloke because he's been uh, at the heart of Australian football for, yeah, for forever. I'm talking about George Nick, because he's here with a Shinka hat on. He's at this, our This phone. is my dork look. <laughs> <laughs> the great George Negus, how are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Somebody said football, so here I am. Oh, no, you're amazing. How, when was the first visit to Russia for you? The first visit was, uh, was in 1966, would you believe, and I travelled with a, a group, uh, a, tra- a travel company owned by the Irish Communist Party. <laughs> and all that they did when the train ride from London to Moscow was drink large amounts, ridiculous amounts, sort of deadly amounts of malt whisky. By the time they got to there to meet their, their communist colleagues, comrades, in Moscow, they were off their face. So I was invited to take part in their discussions. And the Russians said to me, what is it about these Irish people? We can't understand a word that they're saying because they're drinking all the time. And not only that, when they do say something that we understand, they're far too radical for us. We can't handle them. <laughs> I said, you you mean you Russian communists who are taking over the world can't handle these drunken Irishmen? Oh, no, we don't understand what they're saying, but we know that they're too politically radical for us. You've uh, been a lover of football for a very long time, and uh, you've seen the game evolve and change. You were on the board of Football Australia, as it was, back then. How do you feel when you come to a World Cup when Australia's playing? I, I wonder what's going to happen, but I think it's amazing that we're even there. I mean, I noticed that we're 36 in the world at the moment. That's the closest we've got to being in the 32. Because that means we've been batting out of our league for the last four World Cups because we've never been up there in the 32, ever. Now we're at least getting closer to being in the World Cup, by, if you like, by uh, legitimacy, in a way. But I think, I think people are a bit interested in Australia, generally speaking, is what I've found as a journalist, but the football world's interested in Australia. I've always said that had those bloody Italians not cheated us in Germany, we could have got on and won the World Cup. But I reckon because we're so much regarded by the rest of the world as football, how can I put it, third world, and the others are mainly, you know, who the people I'm talking about, they always end up in the finals, they're football royalty. And when I said that, that maybe Australia would have won the World Cup had those bloody Italians not burgled down the thing from us, I said, uh, I think we'd find a reason, that FIFA would find a reason why Australia could not have the World Cup, like Timmy Cahill was not properly qualified to play for Australia because he played for his own country, Samoa, at the age of 15. Who knows? But I think they're intrigued to know why, because most, in most countries in the world, football is the national sport. We've got three other 
three other ball goal games to compete with. Yeah, one with, a, with, with funny little shaped balls and everything. And, <laughs> but we do very well, all things considered. And I think that soccer's always. I mean, it's it's an, it's a phenomenon. It's it's not a game at all. It's a, it's a human phenomenon. If there are seven billion people in the world. Something like three and a half to four billion of those are either directly or indirectly associated with this strange game played with a ball with air in it, a couple of sticks with a net on the back of it, and people go crazy to be there. It's it's not sport. It's it's a it's a human issue. It's a human factor. It's part of people's lives more than anything. It's bigger than any religion, dare I say that? Bigger than any political ideology, dare I say that? It's probably the most one of the most influential things in the world. I think we could actually be using it for a lot of good reasons. Which is something you've always believed. I'm fascinated to know when you got the bug, when it struck you as a... Travelling the world, there were two things I knew I was always going to see. I was a player. I played as a kid. I had a professional offer in my mid-teens. So it's always been something for me as a person. But every time I travelled, I knew there were two things I was going to see. Coca-Cola and some kid in a jungle or a desert or somewhere, a slum, kicking something round around. Sometimes it was a ball, sometimes it was anything. A goat's head, a bundle of string. Battle of newspaper. Now, Coca-Cola, I think the world can do without. But I'm not sure it can do without football. I know it can't do without football. It's our international language at a time when we increasingly find it difficult to speak to each other at all. Being back in Russia, though, 66 you were here, the Brezhnev era was just starting, uh, and everything that's gone beyond to what you see now... You know, it's it's very different. I said on the last podcast not to confuse modernity with civility. That's the way I look at it. To try to not be to be you know to be seduced by how wonderful Moscow is. How do you look it at it? It looks good. Yeah, it looks good. But I think there's a bit of a um, a bit of a sort of facade about Russia at the moment. Moscow looks good. I'm not too sure about the rest of the country, um, and I'm not too sure whether they've got any idea about how their country is going to be run. I know it's a dangerous place to be making critical comments about leaders, but it's very easy to do at this stage. I criticise Australian leaders, I criticise um, American leaders vociferously, and I think that you can't say much other than that there's nothing that much is democratic about this country, but somehow the people have almost decided they had decades, they had centuries of, dic- of dictatorship, then they had 75 years of communism, now they've got what the hell it's become, whatever it is. So we've got this mad mix in this country at the moment of the old Soviet days tarted up to look good, which they do. They've done a marvellous job of making the old buildings and knocking them down, painting them up. Yeah, And now they've got all these other buildings, some of the most amazing architecture you've ever seen, parks and gardens everywhere. But don't forget, Moscow is not Russia, is what I would say. And a lot of Russia is still the same, I, I suspect, unfortunately. George, you've been to many a Socceroos game around the world. You've uh, seen more of the world than most of us, and I think you agree with me that it's the one true language that the world shares. It's been great having a chat with you. You too. What are you looking forward to most, my friend, uh, as we go around around Russia with, with the Socceroos? That they don't embarrass themselves or us. <laughs> well, I don't think they will. I, don't, I think where, where France is concerned, France either wins the World Cup or goes very badly, so I think we could be a dark horse there. I'm a bit worried because... Uh, our friend Mourinho has actually said it, that they could be the dark horse and they could get them to the next round. I don't think we'll know. But when, when Brazil can get beaten 7-0 by Germany, anything can happen in this game. So I'm relying upon something as outrageous for us that happened to Berlin, that to Brazil, in reverse. And if anyone deserves that, my friend, it is you, because you have done the hard yards. George Negus, thanks for talking to us. I think we, I think we can get something out of this. I, think we, I don't think we'll be ashamed of our guys at all. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate.
पंच कहता कि जो न पा रही है कि Uh, your song mean in Spanish? What's it? Uh, your song? What's the words? No. No, no, no. no, no, no speak in English. Speak. <laughs> speak in English. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed that interview, didn't I? I'm just on the edge of Red Square here in Moscow, and I've met Ahmed, who is a Egyptian fan who's not at the game. Yes, unfortunately, we didn't get like tickets for the game for t- for today, but uh, we have already tickets for the game against uh, Russia, which will be in Saint Petersburg on Tuesday. So we've got to be there. That's very exciting. Now, how are you feeling? With uh, is 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 Salah playing? Uh, Cooper, the coach, said that he is fit 100% to play for today, but I don't think that he's going to start uh, because still uh, maybe it's not like for the uh, shoulder injury. So better to, uh, and we don't have like much expectation for today against Uruguay because it's the, big, the biggest team in uh, this uh, group. So we want to keep him uh, fit for the Russia and Saudi Arabia so he can be qualified. Fantastic. And what were your feelings after the Champions League final? Was there a lot of anger in Egypt about that tackle? Uh, yeah, it's too much anger. <laughs> and drama has got a lot of threats now for to being killed by Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, but uh, unfortunately that happened. But it is a game, and I don't think it was intended that much. But uh, yeah, we are sad for that because it is our hope in the World Cup. Now I'm 40. Five years old, and I believe that you have a goalkeeper who is my age. Who uh, yeah, he's 44 he, actually. 44. Yeah. Is he going to start in uh, the? Yeah, I think he's going to start. He yeah. will start. That's exciting, isn't it? To have a man, he'll break <laughs> records if he if he yeah. plays. Yeah, of course, yeah, he will be the oldest player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a hero. What's his name? Samir Hadri. Samir Hadri. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah. And what, what's your prediction for Egypt in the in the World Cup? Um, now my prediction is that we, if we uh, win against Russia next game, well, we're gonna, gonna qualify for the next round. But we'll play uh, probably uh, Portugal or Spain. I don't think we have that much uh, probability against them. Yeah. And give me an Egyptian song. An Egyptian song? Yeah. <laughs> um, you, can't, you don't just sing uh, the Bengals walk like an Egyptian. Uh, walk like a no. We don't. Ne- we never sing it actually. No, no, no. So what's a, what's, a, what's a, a football song in Egypt? Uh, and nowadays, because of Musalah, we uh, we sing the sing the song for Musalah. And how's that go? <laughs> uh, Musalah, Musalah, running down the wing. Musalah, Musalah, he's the Egyptian king. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you very much, Ahmed. Thank you, man. See you. Well, I headed back into Moscow Central just to see Red Square. I figured it wouldn't be closed again today. And guess what? It's closed again today. Uh, it's, there's no access to Red Square. Went in there and asked the information people why it had been closed, and they shrugged. And I said, ask the information people when it would be opened. And they said, they can do whatever they like, um, whatever that meant. So uh, we didn't get to see Red Square, but I have travelled around the Moscow metro, uh, pretty much visiting the beautiful mosaics and, and, and art pieces and designs and colours and, and architectural designs. Um, they're really, really lovely. So that's been the activity for my last few hours in Moscow and I'm now heading back to rejoin the Green and Gold Army and do the charter to Kazan for a match day. It's come around again, four years on and it's going to be a Socceroos match day. I can't believe it.
Francis, we're here at Moscow Airport, and just over there, I have seen complete madness. There is a family of six all wearing Socceroos gear. And we are talking infants, we are talking toddlers, we're talking high chairs and double barrel prams all the way to Kazan and beyond. As you know, I'm a father of four, and there was much negotiating that went on to get on the trip, and a little bit of considering what would it cost and how difficult would the family of six trip around the World Cup be. And in the end, do you know what the word we used was? Impossible. (laughs) Couldn't do it. Well, Tony, sitting across from us, having a dinner, is a family of four from Australia and they're with us now. Is it fam- it's four, more than four, isn't it? What's your- six. Six. Yeah, six. What's your name? Laden. Laden. Tell us about the story of, of, of your holiday. So it all arose. We had some milestones. 40th last year for David, 40th this year for myself. Happy and birthday. Thank Happy you. Birthday. And 10-year yes. uh, wedding anniversary. Oh, so we thought... Thank you, yes. She's turning into a party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we thought, why not? We'll go to Russia. Um... The three children, the oldest three are fine, easy to travel with. The youngest is an animal. <laughs> David, Hello. David, introduce us to the kids. Okay, Zavi, this is the eldest, he's six years old. That's Zavi, then we've got Oscar. We've got Oscar over there, he's five. Ariana, the angel over there loving the cucumbers, she's three. And... Our, our beautiful child, Marley, 18 months. Oh, hello, and Marley. How are you? David, what was your motivation for coming on this trip? I finally just wanted to go to a World Cup. <laughs> Basically, um, last few World Cups missed out, opened up a business, got pregnant and all this sort of stuff and just missed out on them really. And then we just, I sort of played a joke to Lard and said, oh, I'd love to go to the World Cup. She's like, what do you want for your 40th? I said, it's nobody in Japan or World Cup. And she goes, oh, let me just check the flights for all of us. I'm like, oh, no, 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 just by myself. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, we've got a cheap flight. And then it went on from there. So basically here we are, you know. How difficult is it to logistically get all six of you, the four kids, up and out every day? We find it hard enough for the two of us doing it. Two double prams. Two double prams over here. We bought one for 80 bucks on eBay just to sort of offload. Um, is the logistics and I'm the camel. Yeah, so what have you got for logistics, Laden? So I uh, booked the whole trip. Um, from the beginning to the end, flights, hotels. So we did it between ten to midnight at night. Do your friends and family think you're completely nuts for doing this? Yes, they think we're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it would be easy just to go to Fiji. (laughs) And so. What have been the, the low parenting low lights so far? Every every flight, every flight, every flight, and also it's not really designed for families or disabled people, yeah. you know. So, you know, navigating the stairwells with two double prams, you know, crossing the roads in Moscow where you're going down underneath the stairs. It's just stairs. All these strange ramps. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Have, have you instituted a yellow and red card system for the kids on the way that they play? <laughs> I think they've instituted one for us. <laughs> and what have been the kids' the activities you've done? Uh, we went to a puppet show in St Petersburg. You know, we've done a, we did a river cruise with them in St Petersburg as well. Moscow, we just tried to get over the jet lag, but we still saw every site. Yeah, yeah, we saw every site. Yeah. What about David? We checked out St. Basil's Cathedral, 
because we spent two days um, last week just before we arrived. So we just cruised around just with the pram and just tried to figure out how to cross the road. Right? We're did, did you survive crossing the road? With, with, with we did you had to walk underneath the road to cross the road. So we just kept on going and we're like, there's nowhere you can cross. So... <laughs> Now, the, the boys obviously are entertaining themselves. Are you, are you a boxing referee? Because it looks like now you've got a, you've got a UFC fight going on over there. Yeah. Can I ask you boys, do you like the football, the Socceroos? Yes. Yeah? Well, who's your favourite player? Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill, and a right punch has been thrown. Who, who, who delivered that one? That's Oscar. Well, he is, he's, uh, he's winning the round on points at the moment. Yeah. And... Uh, and... <laughs> And in terms of the games, I mean, we can see the just the general logistics of getting around Russia, but are the kids lucky enough to all have tickets to the Socceroos game? Yes, we're all going as a family. Yeah. Wow. We've linked them all. We've linked, linked our tickets. Yeah. So we've linked them all together. So you could only purchase maximum four. So we got three each, and then you can choose the party that you want to join, and you just basically cho- joined all the tickets together. So is the 18-month-old sitting by herself, or is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have got her own seat on the plane, but anyway. She's obviously on the hooligan band list, and she slipped through the net, because I'm just seeing her just absolutely pillage her brothers right now. Can I ask, for all the effort you've put in to come here, how do you explain it to other Australians who are, you know, might know much about football, the reasons why, and I'll ask you, David, because you're obviously the big football fan, the reasons why you would take such an extraordinary journey with your family, why it means so much to you? Oh, well, basically, look, you know, 40 years old, you know, we know the struggle of being a Socceroos fan, man, you know what I mean? Like, how long it's taken to get here. You know, they love it. We coach them under sixes at Rockdale, you know, like, and it's this is something that they'll remember forever. And, like, you know, for me to be my first World Cup in 40 years, you know, it, for, him, for them to experience that six and five and three, like, you can't beat it, you know what I mean? So, we just make it a mess before that. Lucky we've got thousands of these things. But anyway. He's pulled out the baby wipes. And Oscar is... Oh, they're for me, though. He's got to share with the kids now. Oscar is now throwing the table napkins around. Oscar, um, your rock... Oscar, the Rockdale, how are they going to go without you uh, playing in the m- middle? Tomorrow. Yeah, are they going to be okay without you? He's midfield. Is he? Yeah. Is he good? He is, yeah. What about you, Zach? They'll be alright. They'll, they'll be okay. We've got a couple of parents slotting in for us, and you know what I mean? It'll be okay. But we've gone undefeated so far, but uh, it's all about the Socceroos now, man. So. Well, hats off. As a father of six, I just want to like, play with a mouth trumpet and stand and salute <laughs> some great Australians. <laughs> Can we award a medal or something for these people? Yeah, they've got just a little AO after their names. They deserve it. So, uh, Order of the Socceroos. I've just yeah. instit- uh, instituted a new medal for Australia. <laughs> Well, it is a stunning performance. You deserve an order of the Socceroos. And if anyone wants to see a photo of the surname, what is it? The Nedelkovsky. The Nedelkovskys. Uh, there are six of them, and you can see the fixed smiles on the faces of the parents. <laughs> Tony, we're queuing up to get on the flight to Kazan, and our fate awaits us with France. And uh, we've met someone who might be able to help us with the language, because we've been bowling around Moscow... <laughs> Without being able to speak a word of the lingo at all. You, you realise that back in 1988, my pushy parents tried to make me watch an SBS Russian language show, and we only did episodes one and two, and all I know is that there's funny letters that make weird sounds that aren't what they look like. Your parents are sleeper KGB agents trying to... <laughs> I mean, like they show the Americans trying to groom you to be the 
the next generation. I think they just love the movie Gorky Park and uh, <laughs> and all the and all the novels of John Le Carre. <laughs> now you've introduced us to your friend here. Well, I actually haven't. No, we haven't. What's your name? Andrew. Andrew. Now Andrew's yeah. uh, on the tour, yeah, but, he's, but he, he can speak. <laughs> he can speak Russian. <laughs> So, uh, uh, are you a journalist? What's it? Yeah, yeah, you're on our podcast, our World Cup road trip so podcast. All oh, right. <laughs> I've asked. All oh, right. This is interesting. Yeah. So I've gone with hello, and this is my best attempt so far. Zastrogi. Yeah, you need it there. Eh? Yeah, you give it us you. Sounds like Zastrogi. you got some sort of disease. I've got, I've got Zastrogi. <laughs> Can you help me? Zastrogi. It's self-syllable in the middle, isn't it? How's it going? Yeah, it's Zastrogi. Yeah, Zastrogi. Yeah, it's a very formal way of saying it. Zastrogi. Zastrogi. Yeah, but you need to practice a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Break it down. Have, a, so few, what, have a few vodkas, you'll be all right. And what's the, what's the, more, what's the less formal way of saying hello? Oh, Privet. 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 I like that Privet. one. That's yeah, we'll go with that one. Quite not, nowhere near as many vowels in that one. I think we can work with that one. I'll tell you what, we just cull hard ones. We're not after. We're just trying to get by here. What about thank you? Spasiba. Now you can do that, Tony. Come on, that's easy. Yeah. That's uh, sort of yeah. a B at the end. Spasiba, yeah, easy. And to say yeah. you're welcome is is that Pashasta? Um, uh, you're welcome. Uh, Nizhsto. 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 is please. Oh please, okay. I've yeah, been, I've yeah, been. Every yeah. time someone's been serving me, I've been yeah. going Pashasta. Afterwards, they've been oh, going, "What do you want? <laughs> oh, is that good enough for you? <laughs> please." They say, "Here's your, here's your beer." I go, "Spasiba." Yeah, you say "spasiba." I've been confused. They probably say "pajalsta" when they when you say "spasiba." Yeah, <laughs> there we go. But look, it's all good manners. You're doing, you're showing good manners. That's, I'm main, that's the main thing. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> and, and how do you say, how do you say we'll take you apart when we meet you in the last eight? <laughs> <laughs> I will leave that to your imagination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, stick close to Andrew. I think he's going to get us around Kazan uh, just nicely. Yeah, yeah. You can be just out. remember, just break it up in syllables, you'll be fine. There you and go. Have a few vodkas along with it. And so that's a, that was the problem with it. your parents is that they didn't serve you vodka every time you sat down to watch the KGB language lessons that they were trying to groom you with. No. Well, especially but Andrew, we are ready to go. I you think I've got sure. my three words. It's all yeah. I need. Let's do it. Thank you, Andrew. That's it, Daniel. Well, Tony, we're still in the long queue at Kazan Airport. I've got some bad news, or maybe some good news. I don't know. You have a mixed relationship with Uruguay, but they scored late on to break Egyptian hearts in a 1-0 win. It was classic Uruguayan football, right at the death, just when the romance of an upset result was beckoning like a light on the hill for Egypt. Whack! Yeah, well, for me, it is, it's a love-hate relationship because I, I hate that they were the rivals in that era and I hate the way they trash-talked us, like they said. Rakoba said that he had a God-given right yeah. to beat the World Cup. <laughs> never forgive him for that comment. And also the Ray Bartz incident in 1974, which cost, you know, a man who might have ended up being our greatest socceroo, cost him a career. So those little uh, barbs stick with Uruguay. But at the same time, I went there for two weeks. I went to Montevideo. I see you. Were- and it was a cracker. It really was. So I watched a qualifier in 2001 in Montevideo. We had a shocker, by the way, but but it was it was the one where they spat on. The big story was that the the fans spat on the players as they came off the plane. I reckon it was actually overcooked that story in Australia. From what I heard, it was a couple of idiots who the police dealt with. I don't think it was kind of a, a national conspiracy to spit on our stars. So it's a love-hate relationship. It is because we've played them so many times over the years. We know them really, really well. Look, I loathe them for the way that they play, and in, in a sense, but I so wish I, we were them as well because they are ruthlessly 
efficient and they will do anything to win. And we remember Suarez punching the ball off the line against Garner in South Africa, <laughs> knowing that he was going to get a red card, saving the goal, walking off the pitch, and then the penalty was missed and Uruguay go through. They will do anything for three points, well, but what, they won't do that, as Meatloaf said. What about Harry? Do you think Harry uh, moved the shoulder across against Garner himself in, that, in 2010? Well, that was a lot more innocent, wasn't it? It wasn't a... It wasn't, it wasn't, a, uh, it wasn't a volleyball spike. It wasn't a uh, Justin Lepich double fister <laughs> into the crowd. It's worries good. He probably would have bitten the ball too, yeah. like caught it with his teeth. The whole relationship was encapsulated. I was having this unbelievable time. Um, then we get thumped in the game, lose like, nil three or uh, three nil in, in Montevideo. Um, although I was told you want to lose today because if you win, you're going to get belted on the way out of the stadium. <laughs> uh, then I go and have my pizza. I'm having a, 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 a you know like a con- a consolation pizza at the end of the day, and I'm just sadly munching it to myself in the defeat and a guy comes up to me really happily and says (laughs) and I say uh, what? he goes and then I say I don't know and he said and I said see and then he took the rest of my pizza and ate it (laughs) and you said (laughs) so basically what he was asking is do you mind if I eat the rest of your pizza and I didn't know what he was saying and I said just a random see and then he then he ate my pizza. One of those days you never forget on the road to the World Cup. You're almost in the front of the check-in now. So we'll let you get your bags on board and we'll catch you at the other end. So if you want to see the photographic evidence of Australia's bravest family, the Nettle Koskies, who have won the very first order of the Socceroos, Tony, they can catch up with it on Twitter, uh, at St. Frankly, and also with you? Yeah, at by Tony Wilson. And that's by with a B-Y. Uh, you don't have to buy any of my stuff at the Twitter feed. But it'd be nice if you would. That's the latest edition of the World Cup road trip. We're at the gate for our flight to Kazan. We'll catch you on match day. We're on our way to Kazan and Francis Leach has strode to the front of the 747. I think he's going to take the mic. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't your captain speaking. This is Francis Leach uh, and we welcome you back in the USSR. We're flying over the USSR, what used to be the USSR, on the Grand and Gold Army road trip. I just wanted to let you know that uh, when you see myself and Tony Wilson wandering around with microphones, we are making the World Cup Road Trip podcast, which is going great guns back at home. Another one on the sports charts. And uh, we want you to be part of it. So uh, make sure you download it. Look for it at your uh, App Store World Cup Road Trip. Uh, and uh, you can be playing a starring role. Now I want you to secure your... I've always wanted to do this, so bear with me. This is a big moment for me. Secure your tray tables. And every your arm rest down. Cross check. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm going to cross check on the ground. I just, I just failed the audition. World Cup road trip. That's why I'm a journalist, not a pilot. <coughs> I think he got sympathy laughs there. He didn't even tell them to return their seat to the upright position. Oh, the ball's up at the highest order. Uh, but well done, Francis. Everything has now been accomplished in your broadcasting life. World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Find a link in the show notes or go to supersimplecards.com to get 10% off your order when you use the code World Cup. This is ACAST Recommends. 
Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. I'm Molly Hockey. I'm an actor, writer, comedian. I'm 40, I'm single, and I'm trying to get pregnant, so I started Spermcast. I interviewed potential sperm donors, doctors, witches, scientists, surrogates. I did hilariously awkward home inseminations. I got pregnant. I had a miscarriage. I laughed. I cried. A lot. I got sperm from a sperm bank and started fertility treatments. Now here I am in season three. If you're pondering motherhood or in the thick of trying to get there, or if you just like comedy and watching a woman lose her ever-loving mind in real time, subscribe now to Spermcast. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.